Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wednesday, July 26, 2017 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. We've got a very full show for you guys because we are T-minus one day away. From New England Patriots training camp starts on Thursday, so we're coming at you full with the training camp preview right here. Lots of stuff to talk about. We've got a lot of position battles to take a look at. What are we going to be looking for throughout camp this year? Uh, We've got a couple of defensive contributors who will not be on the field to open up training camp on Thursday, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, a player retires from the roster and much, much more here on the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Thanks, Larry. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 204 of Patriots Beat here on CLNS Media Network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media and on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS fans. I'm Michael Longi. Welcome to the show this week, everybody. We've got a great show for you guys. We're talking about training camp, training camp preview. Training camp starts tomorrow, everybody. It's finally here. Football is back in New England and around the country. So it's a great time of year. Very exciting. Hope springs eternal for all teams in the NFL until their hopes are crushed by the juggernaut that is the New England Patriots. (laughs) So we've got a ton of stuff to talk about, a lot of position battles that we're going to get into. What are we going to be looking for throughout all of training camp this year? Obviously, not a lot of training camp, uh, not a lot of position battles, excuse me, for starting roles on this on this absolutely stacked football team. But uh, there's a couple of couple of secondary positions that we're going to be looking at and seeing who will fit into the what spots and stuff like that. Also, a lot of stuff, Dante Hightower and Allen Branch both will open camp on the physically unable to perform list, so we'll get into that a little bit. What's the reasoning behind that? Uh, And a lot of other stuff, guys. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about this week, so let's get right into it. We have no time to waste whatsoever. Um, So let's start off with Dante Hightower and Allen Branch. They're obviously two very important players on this Patriots team. Uh, Obviously, both, for those of you who don't remember, signed contract extensions this offseason. So Dante Hightower signed a, a four-year, $35.5 million deal, $17 million guaranteed. Um, so he's sticking around for the long haul. Alan Branch signed a two-year, $12 million deal. 
which, you know, $6 million a year for a defensive lineman who's 30, I believe 32 this year. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they know that these guys were key contributors to the team last year. Now, both will open up the year on the physically enabled to perform list for the second consecutive year, I might add. Uh, both players were on the pup list last year to start the year. Again, wasn't a huge deal. Hightower didn't miss any critical time at the beginning of the year. Neither did Alan Branch. Um, so basically the reasoning behind this is Alan Branch, uh, he was the only player who was not at voluntary practices over the spring. When he when he showed up for minicamp in June, he did not practice with the team. He was on a different field with the, uh, with the group of players who were coming back from previous injuries. Um, earlier this week on uh, Monday, play uh, it was rookies quarterbacks and previously injured players who reported to camp first that was on Monday Branch and Hightower were among that group of players obviously neither one is a rookie and neither one is a quarterback so you can pretty much guess that both of them were dealing with previous injuries now that's why Jeff Howell the Boston Herald reported that Alan Branch was really kind of being held out until he can pass his conditioning test that was more of a uh, they did the same approach last year. They kind of held him out of practice. And then when he was ready for the conditioning test, boom, he took it. He passed it. They activated him. Uh, Dante Hightower, a little bit of a different story. He was uh, apparently suffering from some sort of physical ailment, which is why he didn't practice with the team during minicamp in June. And now he's returning to the field in that same spot, off to a different side of the field, practicing with previously injured players who have not been cleared to practice yet. So... Really, I mean, this this shouldn't be too much of a concern to anybody. Like I said, Alan Branch, they did the same exact thing last year. They had him. They held him out of practice until he was able to pass the conditioning test. He passed it, and then he was a stalwart in the middle of that defensive line all year long. Not too worried about that. Dante Hightower it makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, he missed a couple games with injury last year. Over the past couple years, he has been missing games with injuries. So, obviously, that's something that you're going to want to you know, get a handle on if you if you if you can, so to speak, I guess. So the Patriots are probably doing all that they possibly can to to keep Dante Hightower away from contact, away from you know hitting other players and stuff for as long as possible because they know the guy plays full bore all the time when he's out on the field. He's smashing into people. He's one of the more important players on that defense, whether it's in the run game or the pass game. So he's a guy that they want to have a handle on. Not to mention, they just gave him $35.5 million. So they want to keep him healthy, which, you know, as a Patriots fan, I'm all for. I think that that's the right approach. Definitely keep him off the field. You're not going to miss anything from him in training camp. Just keep him conditioned, keep him ready. And then both of these players at on the active slash physically unable to perform list, they are eligible to be activated the moment they are deemed ready to practice. So, I mean, the day that they, Dante Hightower wakes up and the team wakes up and says, hey, you're ready to go today, he's back on the field. So not too worried about it. It's not like these guys are actually missing time because of serious, legitimate injuries. These guys are resting. These guys are being protected. Whatever the reason is, uh, it's a good approach, especially considering both of these guys are key, and I mean key, defensive contributors to this team. So um, that's, you know... I guess the bad news going into going into training camp is the bad news is that Dante Hightower and Allen Branch both on the physically unable to perform list to start camp. Again, not too much of a concern in the long run, but you know, obviously 
fans were going to be out there uh, Thursday morning watching the first practice of the year. Sure, they would love to see him out there, but you're not going to. So in the long run, you'll, I'm sure you'll be happy about it. Uh, but that's really all there is for that. Um, let's go into position battles because we talked a little bit about it last week. We said who's going to get the reps at running back, at, at, at uh, wide receiver, at tight end, all that stuff. There are three positions that I think uh, are going to be very interesting to watch throughout training camp. Now, the three positions are, obvious, I'm, I'm going to say them right now, the wide receiver, tight end, and cornerback. Now, at all of those positions, the starter has been decided. Uh, at, I mean, at wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, those guys are your starters right there. At tight end, obviously, Rob Gronkowski, new addition Dwayne Allen, those guys are your starters. At corner, Malcolm Butler, newcomer Stephon Gilmore, those guys are obviously your starters. But at each position, that number three spot, the number three wide receiver, the number three tight end, the number three corner, are all up for grabs, and there are several players vying for each spot. So, I mean, I think wide receiver will be the most competitive of those three positions. You've got guys like Malcolm Mitchell, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, uh, a rookie Austin Carr, who was the Big Ten receiver of the year last year, all battling for that, for a receiver spot on this roster. Um, corner as well, I mean, you've got guys like Eric Rowe, and then uh, Justin Coleman, uh, Cyrus Jones, who will hopefully have a bounce back year this year. All those guys battling for that third cornerback spot. And let's not even mention, the Patriots have been talking uh, to Brandon Flowers, the veteran corner who doesn't have a home right now. So if he ends up on this team, he is another candidate for that for that third corner spot. But even without him, you've got a few guys battling there. And then third tight end. You might not think the third tight end is a very important position, but when you consider that Rob Gronkowski has missed a lot of time, and it's, it's no secret. I mean, we all know that the most frustrating thing about Rob Gronkowski is that he misses a lot of time. So if that's the case, and... There's a point this year, whether it's a, a two-week span, a six-week span, or an eight-week span, whatever, if there comes a point where Rob Gronkowski's out of the lineup and Dwayne Allen's your number one tight end, you're going to need another tight end because the Patriots obviously run a lot of two tight end formations. They like to use that, and you're going to want to have a third guy in there. So there's a few guys that are battling for that spot as well. I mean, James O'Shaughnessy is a guy that they, they brought in who's going to be battling for that spot. Obviously, Matt Lengel, who had the spot last year, He's a guy who, who will be battling to, to stay on the roster. And they drafted a kid named Jacob Hollister uh, over the, over the, uh, the offseason. So he'll be also one to you know try to, try to get in there as a tight end. So one of those three will end up as the third tight end. The other, you know, another one of those three will end up on special teams more than likely. And then the third one will probably get cut or end up being on the practice squad. So... That, those are the three main positions that I'm looking at right now where I'm going to say, okay, there's a real legitimate battle for that third spot. Uh, you could also go with defensive end, but the Patriots, the way they kind of do things, they really rotate through their defensive end. Same with defensive tackle. I mean, obviously, if you look at the defensive tackle position, you've got Allen Branch, we've already talked about, then Malcolm Brown, who's coming off a good year, Vincent Valentine, who showed something in his rookie season, and then Lawrence Guy, who they gave you know, a hefty contract to in the offseason coming in from, from uh, Baltimore. So there's a lot of flexibility there at defensive tackle, and they're going to rotate all those guys through. Same with defensive end. 
Trey Flowers, Rob Ninkovich, Coney Ely, Derek Rivers, Dietrich Wise Jr. Now, the latter two are draft picks. So we're not entirely sure how those guys are going to play. If they're, if they're good, then they're going to get time. But then still, I mean, there's generally only two defensive ends on the field at the same time, and you've got three that are starting caliber. You've got Trey Flowers, who led the team in sacks last year, Rob Ninkovich, who's always consistent, and then Coney Ely, who's a new addition to this team, but you know has shown that he can be a serious, serious player. Uh, you remember when he played for the Panthers back in Super Bowl 50 when he had those three sacks in the pick in that game. Um, he was he was unreal in that game. So even despite despite the loss, but so I mean, there's you know stuff like that. I really think that corner, wide receiver, and tight end are the three main positions. But you can also make an argument for those uh, those defensive line positions as well. I think that they're going to really do a good job of rotating through all of those defensive tackles, all of those defensive ends. And I wouldn't be shocked if they kept every single one of them. If they kept five defensive ends and four defensive tackles. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Each one of the, these players has the potential to be a serious contributor to the team. So all of those guys will end up getting playing time. There's Obviously, there's a lot of injuries on the defensive line throughout the course of the season. So guys are going to get opportunities. These other positions, these more skill positions, the wide receiver spot, the tight end spot, the corner spot, there's only a limited number of roster spots for those guys. I mean, you can't you can't walk around with six wide receivers. You can't walk around with six corners. You just can't do that. There's not enough roster spots to, to keep all those guys. So, I mean, you need probably five wide receivers because you generally have your four that you want and then a backup guy. You also have to consider that, you know, guys like Matt Slater technically are wide receivers, but play special teams exclusively. Um, at, at tight end, like I said, they, they like to run the two tight end set, but we have we saw last year that they put three tight ends on the field at one time before, so um, that's going to be a spot where, if, if especially if Rob Gronkowski goes down at any point in the season, you're going to need depth at that position. And right now there's, I mean, there's four or five guys who are battling you know, to be on the roster, knock off two right there because you've got Gronk and Dwayne Allen who will make the team. And then, as we mentioned, Langle, O'Shaughnessy, Hollister, those are the guys who are going to battle for that third tight end spot. So um, let's start at, let's start at wide receiver real quick. We'll run through who's, who's battling. Obviously we've got Brandon Cooks and Julian Edelman as our top two wide receivers. I think there's, there's pretty much no doubt about that. Which leaves your next three guys as Chris Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, and Danny Amendola. All three of them, very quality players. All three of them have shown that they have chemistry with Tom Brady. All three of them have shown that they can contribute. All three of them scored four touchdowns last year. Four touchdowns apiece. Mitchell, 32 catches for 401 yards and four touchdowns. Hogan, 38 catches for 680 yards and four touchdowns. By the way, averaged 18.4 yards per catch, which was number one in the NFL. He was the premier deep threat in the league last season. Not in on the Patriots. In the league last season, which is kind of hard to fathom. Uh, and then Danny Amendola, 23 catches, 243 yards, and four touchdowns. So, I mean, really the way I look at it is as much as Amendola has earned Tom Brady's trust over the past couple of years. Remember early on in Dan Danny Amendola's Patriots career, um, Brady wasn't even looking at him at times. Uh, he would drop passes, things like that. 
That has completely changed over the past, I would say, two seasons in particular. But as much as Amendola has done to earn that Tom Brady trust, I personally just think that Chris Hogan and Malcolm Mitchell are better overall wide receivers than Danny Amendola. And for that reason, I think that Amendola will find himself on the outside looking in, not for a roster spot, because I do think he'll stay on the team, but I don't think he'll be the number three wide receiver. I think personally that it's going to end up being Chris Hogan. I think that he uh, provides the more dynamic threat on the field especially if you were to put him and Cooks on the field at the same time. That's two dynamic deep threats. Only one of them will probably go deep at a time, you know, if if any of them will go deep. So you can do a lot of different things there. And then you can supplement that with Malcolm Mitchell. He can get in there and do some things as well. I think Amendola's spot on this team should be as a returner primarily. Now, I'm sure he wouldn't like to hear that, and I'm sure that he would want to be a wide receiver and all that stuff. But, I mean... The bottom line is that returning kicks and punts was a real issue for the Patriots last year. And the reason for that main issue was obviously Cyrus Jones just couldn't hold on to the football, couldn't be near the football, couldn't be on the field when they were kicking the football to him. It was just, it was an absolute disaster when he was out there. So, I mean, there was a point where they were putting Deion Lewis back there to return kicks. James White was returning kicks. LeGarrette Blunt was returning kicks. So, that, I mean, that's just not going to fly going forward. So, if you're gonna if you're gonna bring in a guy, I say you let Danny Amendola and uh, the rookie Austin Carr. I think those two should be back there returning kicks. I think Amendola should return punts. Don't let Edelman ever return another punt again because you just don't want him to get hurt. And leave it at that. Now, a lot of people are thinking, well, what about Andrew Hawkins? Didn't he sign with the Patriots in May? Isn't he like a return specialist type guy? Well, yes. And initially, I believe last week we were talking about this, and I said, I think Hawkins will find a spot on the roster as a return man. Well, on Tuesday morning, Andrew Hawkins posted a video to... Uh, the website Uninterrupted, that that website that uh, LeBron James created and is run by his uh, business partner, there, Maverick Carter, um, he posted a video to, the, to Uninterrupted saying that he had announced his retirement from the NFL. Uh, so he will not be on the team anymore. And uh, so, I mean, they need a return, man. I think Amendola is the guy. I really do. I think that that would be the right decision to make. I think that he's... It's it's kind of weird to say it this way, but like he's the most expendable receiver, I guess you could say, as a, besides you know Austin Carr, who's not even guaranteed a roster spot at this point. But I think he's the most expendable guy in in that wide receiver core. And obviously, I mean, he's shown that he has the ability to return punts. He has the ability to return kicks. I don't see why you can't put him out there and have him be the the kick returner, punt returner, and. That solves your problem. He gets the playing time. Not to mention you've got all the receivers that you would want on the field playing receiver out there playing receiver. So you don't have to risk Edelman's health returning punts. You don't have to risk Cook's health returning punts. I know that he you know, did that in college and stuff like that. He's really fast. No. Amidol is the guy. Let's leave it at that. Uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about tight end and corner, and then we'll move on to a couple other things as well before we wrap the show. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference in your food, so it's important to know where those ingredients come from. 
I know for me personally, having a pretty fast-paced lifestyle and always being on the go, it's sometimes hard for me to find time to get to the store and shop. And even when I can get there, sometimes, frankly, it's hard to afford those quality ingredients. But that's where Blue Apron comes in. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they only set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. So whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, just to name a few, Blue Apron is simply bringing you the best. New recipes are created weekly, and they're not repeated within a single calendar year, so you're always getting something new and exciting. You can even customize your recipes for each week based on your preferences and choose a delivery option that fits your needs. And the best part, each meal comes with step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe cards and pre-portioned ingredients, and all can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Again, that's blueapron.com patriots to get your first three meals for free with free shipping. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And we are back here on the Patriots Beat Podcast doing our training camp preview, looking at a couple different positions where we think the battles will be uh, extra delightful to watch over the course of training camp. We've already talked about wide receiver. Uh, Now we're going to move on to corner, and then we're going to take a quick look at tight end before we wrap things up and go over move on to some different stuff. But uh, cornerback is very interesting uh, this year for the Patriots. Um, obviously, Malcolm Butler returns. Uh, there was that all the speculation over the course of the offseason. Was he going to get traded? Uh, there, he was in talks uh, when the, the Brandon Cooks deal was going down. Uh, before it was uh, the Patriots trade, uh, you know, the first round pick number 30 overall, uh, or 32 overall, excuse me, to New Orleans in exchange for Brandon Cooks originally the thought was, oh, they trade Malcolm Butler straight up for Brandon Cooks. That was some talk for a while. So um, it was it was up in the air for a while whether Malcolm Butler was going to come back to the team or not. He didn't sign his tender for a while. In the end, he signs the tender. He returns to the team. The Patriots, in the meantime, hand out a massive contract to Stephon Gilmore, who's coming into the coming into the fold as, you know, presumably your number one or 1A corner, whichever you would think. Uh, but then after that, you've got Gilmore and Butler as your lockdown corners to start. But then after that, it's a bit of a hodgepodge. You've got a few different guys. You've got you know Eric Rowe, who showed flashes last year. Jonathan Jones, who really, really earned the, the opportunity to be in this conversation with his play on special teams and things like that last year. And then Cyrus Jones. We already talked about Cyrus Jones. Uh, he had an abysmal season last year, not only returning kicks and punts, which he was absolutely terrible at, but the very few sparing times that he got on the field as a corner, he was not good. So, I mean, this is a guy that you drafted with a second-round pick a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, his his rookie year last year was not at all how you wanted it to go. His confidence was absolutely shattered by the end of the year. It had to have been. Had to have been. He was every time he was on the field, it, it, it looked like he had uh, it was a deer in headlights. I mean, it was just terrible. So, hopefully, for the sake of the Patriots, he can turn that around and, and at least make himself into some kind of a player, some kind of a contributor, because 
as I already mentioned earlier, I think Danny Amendola should be the kick, kick returner, punt returner. But if Cyrus Jones can find a way to, you know, get over his demons from last year and become a good kick returner, punt returner, I would have no problem putting him in there if he show, if he proves that he won't drop the ball and stuff like that. So, and if he can come in there and play some corner as well, great. I mean, I think the guy as a second round pick, the top pick in the draft that year, obviously that was the Deflate Gate draft. But a, a guy who was the top pick by the Patriots in that draft, he should at the very least be able to play slot corner in his second season in the NFL. He should be able to. He should. So, I mean, you would think that he would be the guy to, to you know, kind of jump in and earn that spot. But, I mean, Eric Rowe played better last year. Jonathan Jones played better last year. Those guys are going to end up getting the opportunity first before Cyrus Jones does. Cyrus Jones, at this person, at this point, I mean, he's he's going to be fighting for a roster spot. He has to contribute on special teams. He has to. Otherwise, he won't be on the team. I personally think that Eric Rowe is going to be that number three corner. I think he's you know a bigger guy, a taller guy. He showed some things last year. You know, played through some injuries. I think he's a guy who can really make an impact. Jonathan Jones, I, w- I like him in the slot simply because of his speed. Uh, he's a very fast corner, and I think that he'll be able to deal with those quicker uh, wide receivers, pl- play out of the slot and things like that. So um, while, while Cyrus Jones should be the one that is seizing the moment, um, I'm not so sure that he's going to be able to do that this year. I really don't. Uh, I think Eric Rowe is the guy. Uh, at least to start the year, I think Eric Rowe is the guy. Now, we also heard talk over the past few days that the Patriots have been in talks with Brandon Flowers. Um, so if if Brandon Flowers ends up on the team, a guy who has been a veteran corner in the league, um, I think he automatically jumps up to at least the number four corner, but probably the number three corner, because I think he's a probably still a better player than Eric Rowe is. But that is obviously to be seen. I mean, if he was a really that good of a player, he'd probably have his home by now, right? He'd probably have a team to play for. So we shall see, but... As of right now, I think the the top four will probably be Gilmore, Butler, Rowe, and Jonathan Jones, with Cyrus Jones just simply battling for a roster spot. Um, And as far as tight end is concerned, we obviously know who the top two guys are. Rob Gronkowski is the number one guy. Dwayne Allen is the number two guy. The real question, as always, comes down to the number three three tight end. Last year it was Matt Lengel. I think it should be Matt Lengel again. Well, last year was, you know, last year Matt Lengel ended up being kind of the second tight end for a while after obviously Rob Gronkowski was injured. So, I think Matt Lengel should be the guy. I mean, he's six foot seven, two sixty five. He's huge, uh, good blocker, can catch the football. Um, I think he should probably be the guy. He obviously, you know, showed what he can do last season. I think he should probably be the guy. But you never know. I mean, you could you could see a guy like James O'Shaughnessy. You could see a guy like Jacob Hollister, both young players, trying to make a name for themselves. What if they come in and they just uh, blow the doors off you? Well, then one of them's probably going to earn a roster spot. But uh, as of right now, I think Rob Gronkowski, Dwayne Allen, Matt Lengel will be the, num- the, the, the three tight ends. Because then if you lose a guy, if you lose Gronkowski, which you know om- you almost have to bank on losing him for at least a few games during the year, then you've still got a two tight end punch with Allen and Lengel. Now, obviously, it's not a great tight end combination, but it is a t- tight end combination nonetheless. So I think he's probably the guy. He can make more catches. He's more of a traditional tight end. I would stick with him as the number three guy. 
Um, moving on, uh, obviously we mentioned Andrew Hawkins retired. Uh, he announced his retirement on Tuesday. You know, he was he's a guy who said that you know he he, he came to OTAs, he came to minicamp, and uh, you know worked really hard. And then you know basically in his in his video today he released a, a little video on on uninterrupted earlier and said hey my body just didn't respond the way it was going to uh, the way I thought it was gonna and it started to break down and I just knew that I wasn't gonna be able to compete for a roster spot on a great team so you know it's it's he said it's bittersweet he said that he said it was a tough call for himself but um, he decided to hang him up he already said that he's gonna donate his brain to uh, to the Concussion Legacy Foundation, um, so they can research chronic traumatic encephalopathy, excuse me, CTE, better known as. Uh, so, you know, good for him. I think that uh, obviously it was going to be hard for him to make the team anyway. He probably, if he was going to make the team, would only make the team as a special teams guy. Um, obviously, if his health was what he was thinking of, what he was considering when he decided to retire, then then I fully support that. I think that any football player. Uh, who's, who thinks that he's, you know, whether he's not uh, physically up to the task or whether he's not mentally up to the task or whatever it is, uh, I fully support them not playing because that could ob- obviously lead to uh, much worse things. So, uh, and look, Andrew Hawkins is going to be fine. All right. He, he mentioned that he's got a couple business opportunities that'll probably keep him pretty close to football. Um, he's already got a master's degree from Columbia University at a 4.0 GPA at Columbia. Um, he's going to be pursuing his PhD, uh, his PhD, excuse me, in business and economics, uh, starting in February. This guy's going to be fine, right? He played six years in the league. He's going to end up getting an NFL pension. Uh, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. So you know, all the power to him. Uh, it would have been nice to see him on the team. I think he would have been a serious contributor as a special teamer, but uh, like a return man, things like that. But you know, it probably would have been very hard pressed for him to get uh, a spot on the roster as a, as a wide receiver. And look, I mean, if you got a 4.0 from Columbia, you're about to get a PhD. You've got business opportunities that'll keep you, uh, you know, wealthy and healthy for the rest of your life. All the power to you, man. Go ahead for it. Go, go for it. Absolutely go for it. So um, that's just kind of wrapping up some loose ends on that. I know I mentioned that Andrew Hawkins had retired before, but I didn't really dive into it. So there's that. Um, Let's take uh, let's take one more quick break. We'll take one more quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the two new young coaching assistants that will be on the team uh, this year. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the Patriots' lore and Patriots' past, uh, coaching assistant is a very important position on this coaching staff. So we'll talk a little bit about that. The new guys that are going to be on the uh, on the staff uh, when we come back from a break. Every employer knows that a crucial part of any successful business is hiring the right employees. But posting a job in one place isn't enough to find those quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job to all of the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter, you can jumpstart your hiring in 2017, post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with just a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch the qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Now you can quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses nationwide. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter.com for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com sportsfan. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. One word, sportsfan. One more time to try for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. And we are back once again here on the Patriots Beat Podcast, our training camp preview edition. Uh, coming up on the final segment here, we're just going to talk real quick about the new coaching assistants that have been named to the coaching staff this year. Uh, obviously, for those of you who follow the Patriots closely, you know that Bill Belichick's uh, older son, Steve Belichick, has been on the staff for a few years now and is now the safeties coach. Uh, well, you can add another Belichick to the coaching staff this year as uh, Belichick's youngest son, Brian Belichick, has been introduced as one of the two new coaching assistants that has been added to the staff this season. Uh, the other one is uh, a man named Demarcus Covington. So uh, Brian Belichick, a little background on him. He graduated from Trinity College, had a degree in anthropology, um, played on the Trinity lacrosse team. We all know how much Bill loves his lacrosse. Um, he was on the staff last year. He was a personnel assistant, which is a little bit different than a coaching assistant. Um, and this year, Bel- uh, Brian Belichick will be following around, basically be attached at Matt Patricia's hip. Uh, learning how to become a defensive coach in the league. So um, very exciting there for, for Brian Belichick. Obviously, he gets to coach with his older brother, gets to coach with his father. That's just a great uh, family thing there. That's just awesome to hear. Uh, as far as Covington is concerned, the other new coaching assistant, um, he joins the Patriots after spending last year as the co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach at uh, Eastern Illinois University. So he's coming from the college game um, to become a an assistant, a coaching assistant. Now, for those of you who know uh, kind of the deal with the coaching assistant position, um, a lot of prominent coaches have had that job for Bill Belichick. Um, you know, a few, obviously Matt Patricia was a coaching assistant. Josh McDaniels was a coaching assistant. Uh, Brian Dable, who was the tight ends coach a couple years ago and is now the uh, University of Alabama offensive coordinator, he was a coaching assistant. Uh, Bill O'Brien, Houston Texans head coach, former offensive coordinator for the Patriots, former head coach at Penn State. Uh, he was a coaching assistant all those years ago. So, you know, all these guys, um, Steve Belichick, obviously, who's now the safeties coach. Brian Flores, who's now the linebackers coach. Uh, Jerry Shuplinski, who's now the assistant quarterbacks coach with Josh McDaniels. Uh, tight ends coach, Nick Cayley. All of these guys were coaching assistants before they became uh, coach, position coaches, and eventually some of them became coordinators, and now obviously Bill O'Brien is a head coach. Uh, so uh, Josh McDaniels had head coaching opportunities. Matt Patricia has had head coaching interviews, right? So um, this is an important job. I mean, this is basically learning how to become an NFL coach. These guys work like 21-hour days just preparing film and studying tendencies and doing all sorts of ridiculous, minute details going through them with a fine tooth comb day after day after day after day and then they show up and they hand them to Bill Belichick and you know helps you know that that helps build the game plan for each week then the next week you do it all over again and you know you probably do that for a couple years before you become a, a, a an assistant position coach and then maybe get elevated to position coach and then get elevated to you know, coordinator, assistant coordinator, whatever. And then eventually, you know, really earn your job as potentially a head coach in the league. I mean, these guys, this is, this is, it's not necessarily a fast track, but I mean, Josh McDaniels was a, uh, an, uh, 
coaching assistant in, I believe it was 2001, 2002. And then by 2000, I think it was 2006. It was definitely by 2007. He was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. So, I mean, they'll, it, it, it's a pretty fast track. It's not exactly a, you know, all of a sudden you're a coach in the league, but it's a pretty fast track when you're working under Bill Belichick like that. So not only is it great because Bill Belichick gets to coach with now both of his sons, but, uh, I mean, you're probably going to be hearing Brian Belichick's name for a while now uh, going forward because, you know, Steve Belichick was a coaching assistant for a couple of years, and all of a sudden now he's a safeties coach. Uh, I have no doubt that Brian Belichick is probably on that same trajectory, if I had to guess. So, um, just just great to see. Um, so Belichick and Covington will join Mike Pellegrino and Cole Popovich, both of whom are entering their third seasons with the Patriots. Um, those will be the four coaching assistants for this year's Patriots team. So, uh, exciting stuff for the Belichick family, and uh, hopefully, only good things to come from that. Uh, but that's all we've got for uh, today, guys. Thanks again for downloading today's Patriots Beat. Um, today's sponsors were, as always, Blue Apron and ZipRecruiter. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CLNS Media and on Facebook at facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Um, want to thank you guys again for downloading, for listening in every week. You guys mean the world to us here at CLNS Media Network. Um, for CLNS Media Executive Producer Larry H. Russell and the founder of our great network, Nick Gelso, Uh, Thank you guys again for tuning in. My name is Michael Longy. This is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media Network. We will see you next week. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of the CLNS Media Network, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice. And live on CLNS Radio immediately after every single pass game, call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter posts for the plays of the game, and everything else that is going on with the five-time Super Bowl champion. Subscribe to CLNS Media New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher. And the best way, download the free CLNS Media Network mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere.